Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Prince Associates, Send in the Clowns, The Phoenix Tube Company, CelebrityTrips.com, The Law Firm of Decalator Cohen and DePrisco, Solomon Jewelers, and Relish Restaurant of Kings Park. Here are your hosts. Mark and AJ. Joining us now is a man who was drafted by the Los Angeles Lakers with the fifth overall pick in the 1973 NBA draft. He was one of only seven players in NCAA history to average 20 points and 20 rebounds throughout the course of his career. A big defensive forward, he was known for his rebounding ability. He averaged 9.2 points per game and 8.3 rebounds per game in 10 NBA seasons. Was an NBA All-Star. He also played for the Boston Celtics, San Diego Clippers, Portland Trailblazers, and the Golden State Warriors. It is our pleasure to welcome Kermit Washington to WLIE 540 AM Sports Talk New York. Welcome, Kermit. Hey, how are you? Uh, we're doing good, you know, aside from New York football, if you're a <laughs> right. Giant fan, and uh, New York hockey, if you're a Ranger fan. But uh, otherwise, the Jets are doing well. Islanders got a win. So all in all, you know, 50-50. How about yourself? Well, uh, good, good, good. I, I really don't follow a certain team anymore. I just follow individual players. So because it's free agency. It's changed everything, but you guys lost Beckham today. Um, I, he broke his ankle or something. Um, yep. Odell, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you take a look a, at the video with that, and it's yeah, not it's horrific. pretty. It really is horrific. No, and, you no, know, his ankle no. was suspect to begin with, and, and this was just uh, painful to watch. And, no. you know, their entire receiving core went down today. So it was pretty bad. But uh, we want to thank you for joining us tonight as we want to talk about the passing of your former teammate with the Lakers, the legendary Connie Hawkins. Before we do that, we want to talk a little bit about your journey to that rookie year, your road to the NBA, maybe one of the more improbable stories out there, similar to Connie's in some respects. Your basketball performance in high school was somewhat unimpressive. You would come off the bench to average four points per game in high school, but yet you train for three hours a day towards the end of your senior season, and you show up uninvited to a playground game featuring the type high school players from Washington and Pennsylvania, and you actually talk your way into that game. So a couple of questions here. Why did you think you actually belonged in that game, and how did you talk yourself into it? No, no, I didn't think I belonged in it at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, what happened after my senior year, I only played basketball. I went out for it my senior year because I was a pretty good football player, and um, I, I played, I led it in three sports. And so my best friend um, was on the team, and he got a new car. And he said he would give me a ride to school and a ride home if I went out for the basketball team after football. I said, okay. So I never expected to even play, get into the game. But a couple of the guys didn't do well academically, so they got thrown off the team, so the coach started putting me in. And I almost said to the coach, I, I really didn't want to get in the game, coach. I just wanted to sit on the bench and get a ride to school and a ride home. But he put me in, and I kind of embarrassed myself because I was a good football player, and, and people looked up to me in high school. So after the season, and a lot of the games in high school, I never even got in. I mean, he pushed him to put me in, and for good reason. Uh, and so what happened is I, after that, I kind of embarrassed myself. So I basically said, I'm going to start practicing. And two things, two people really quickly. Um, Spencer Haywood, um, I read a book. I said, let me find out how I can get better. And I, he said he had a weight desk, and he would work out with a 20-pound weight desk. So I bought me, went and bought me a weight desk. Then a guy, James Brown, who you see on Football Sunday every week, was probably one of the best high school basketball players in Washington, D.C., and, and he said he jumped rope a lot. 
to get, he was such a great leaper. So I said, okay, I'm a jump rope and I'm going to have a weight vest. And so I started jumping rope about 10, no, I didn't start that. I started it 100 times a day. And I, every day I would double it. The next time was 200 and 400 and 800. I got up to jumping 10,000 times every night with my 20-pound weight vest. I, didn't, I never missed a night. And so I started getting better. And so one of my neighbors, who I didn't like at all anyway, was nasty. <laughs> he says to me, well, if you think you're getting better, why don't you try out for this? Um, it was an Allentown tournament. That's, it was a big tournament back years ago in high school. I think it was in, I don't know what part of Pennsylvania. Oh, oh Allentown. Yeah. Oh, Pennsylvania. And all the best players from D.C., Maryland, Virginia, had the opportunity to play on the D.C. team. And so if you were a senior, they had to let you try out. So the guy said, you think you're so good? I said, well, if they let me try out, I'll try out. So I hitchhiked a ride, hitchhiked a ride to St. John's High School and tried out. They let me try out. Wow. And because I had jumping, I had been jumping rope and I had been getting in better shape and, and better positive attitude, I played well. I mean, I wasn't going to make the team, but I played well in about five or six teams. I mean, colleges offered me a scholarship. I said, I said, offer me a scholarship. I didn't even play a lot in high school, <laughs> but I had improved so much. So that's that. And, and I went, to, well, Maryland wanted me to come there. But I, I wasn't a Maryland player. I knew that at that time I wasn't. And then George Washington, I think um, Howard University, um, Rutgers came and offered me. Coach Foster came later and offered me a scholarship because they didn't know that I wasn't a good high school player. They just saw <laughs> the improvement that I had made. You know, they saw me as an improved Kermit Washington. You know, one of the things I read about you is you were an uninterested student in high school until your senior year, and you met a teacher who really inspired you. So tell us a little bit about this teacher and how she inspired you to also become a better student. Well, here, well, very good. It's nice to ask. The name was Mrs. Thomas. But you have to understand, my brother who played pro football and myself, we grew up with an 86-year-old grandmother, great-grandmother, who couldn't either read or write. So I didn't even know I could do schoolwork. And so my, you know, she was my junior year in high school, and I really had never done any high school work at all, any school work at all. I, you know what? I would do enough to pass, but not really study, because I really couldn't visualize myself as being a student, because they, I thought you had to have glasses on and all this. But, but she was so nice to me. She was my homeroom teacher, Mrs. Mrs. Thomas. Um, so if she needed to get the board done or do any favors, I told Mrs. Thomas, I'll do it for you. And she was so sweet to me, she would always give me lunch money, because I never had any money ever. And so... Then she became my biology teacher, and so for her, I would study my junior year, and and I would get an A in biology, the highest grade in all of her six classes, because I just wanted to make her happy. I didn't care about my grade. I really did, but I just would ask her every time, Mrs. Thomas, did I get the highest grade in all of your classes? She says, yes. So here's the thing. She said to me, Kermit. You can do better in the rest of your classes. But now, I want you guys to realize, back then, we're talking about 50 years ago. Yeah, yeah, 50 years ago. They gave you courses to take. It's not like now. I took three years of Latin, two years of French. You had to take algebra. So they gave you very difficult courses early. You didn't have a chance. So, I mean, I didn't want, you have a little black kid from the inner city taking Latin. Come on. I, I, man, I, I said, whatever. But I said, Mrs. Thomas, for you, I would try to do better. You know, I it, promise. 
you know, it's a good thing that Mrs. Thomas was not a professor at American because if she had given you lunch money, you'd probably be up on NCA violation and you'd never be able to play again. Oh, oh let me tell you something. We, I, I hope you go over that. But with her, I made the honor roll the next year. And because of my grades were going up, they saw that I had progressed. American University offered me a scholarship. And so I did very well in college. I mean, I graduated with honors, academic All-American. But the thing is, what basketball did for me is I would jump rope, you know, 10,000 times a night with a weight vest and everything. It taught me that if I worked hard and outworked people, I could succeed. And so I thought, as soon as I went to college, I said, well, I'm going to do this with my schoolwork. So every day, and all my teammates could tell you, I would study four hours every single night at American University, every night. I never missed a night. You couldn't get me to go to the movies or anything. If it was a school night, I was doing my homework. And I didn't miss a single class in four years of college, not a single class. So I dedicated myself not to be a bum, because where I grew up, a lot of people were bums. And I realized with hard work, and I learned that you can outwork people. If you really take the pain and, and go through the pain, you can outwork them. So my thinking was I wasn't, a great ta- wasn't greatly talented, but if I never got tired in a game, I could be successful. And that's why nobody in the last, what is it, uh, 44 years has averaged 20 points and 20 rebounds in a single season, let alone their career. And I know there's so many guys that were better than me and are better than me, but were they in the kind of condition that I was in? I mean, I really was always in great condition and lift weights two hours a day. And I gained 80 pounds in four years of college, too. You know, that's interesting because, you know, you averaged 21 points, 54% shooting, NCAA leading 19.8 rebounds in your junior season. You're drafted after your junior season by the New York Nets at that point of the ABA, and they offered you a four-year contract for $100,000 a year. You turned that down to stay at American with Coach Young for your senior year. So, you know, you talk about your college years and how important that education was because you didn't want to be a bum. Uh, you know, I, I made a joke about the NCAA, but you take a look now at all these one and duns. You know, I, I'm wondering what led you at that point. You know, $100,000 per year is a nice amount of money back then. Why did you turn that down to go back for one more year of college? Why was that important to you? Well, to tell you the truth, they wanted me to come out. Um, my sophomore year, because I think I averaged about 18.5 points and 21 rebounds a game as a sophomore. But see, here's the thing. I had never lived a happy life at all. And at American University, it was like heaven. I had never had all I wanted to eat. They had, a, had air conditioning. <laughs> they had drapes on the blinds. I had pillows. I had never had a pillow in my life. Um, and I had not grown up in a nice environment. And I went to American University. I, I couldn't have been any happier. And so I had never had money. So when you offer me $100,000, well, it sounds good, but I had never had money. But I was happy. So, and my teammates, you know, are still my best friends now. And we're talking about, um, you know, 40-some years ago. They're still my best friends. I enjoyed being around them. And we weren't a great team. Well, my senior year, we were a very good team. My junior year, I think we were 16 and 8. You know, but we beat, we beat some big teams. We beat St. John's. We beat... Um, always beat Georgetown, um, and let me see who else we beat. You know, they had a lot of guys who made it to the NBA. We beat those teams, and it was all inner-city Washington, D.C. kids or around the area, but we, we worked. 
we worked. I tell you, we had a great group of guys, and, and we were 21-4, and four and we played Louisville in NIT, and they beat us. But that was Denny Crum, and I think two or three of those guys made the NBA from the Louisville team. But it was just so enjoyable. I never had money before, so money didn't mean anything to me. We mentioned in the Open that you drafted fifth overall by the Lakers in the 73 NBA draft. What do you remember about that day, and who informed you that you were now a Los Angeles Laker? Well, a guy from New York or New Jersey named Josh Rosenfeld. I was walking to class, and he comes up to me. He was our trainer. Excuse me, our manager for the team. He walks up to me and says, Kermit, you just got drafted by the Lakers. I said, oh, that's nice. I went on the class. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's <laughs> it's not nice. like it is now. Everything is different now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, oh, that's nice. And I went on the class. And, and then I, I, talked, I, showed, I had already chosen an, uh, an agent by then. And Donald Dell, and um, and so it, was, it it didn't mean a lot. I, I was so naive in everything um, that you know it just it was just another day. Well, let me ask you this: You join a Laker team coached by Bill Sharman, a team with veterans such as Jerry West, Gail Goodrich, and Happy Harrison. Uh, was that just another day walking into that locker room for the first time ever? Um, well, not really, because Wilt was supposed to show up. And Wilt retired, right. so he came in, and um, they were bigger than life. But see, on the D.C. playgrounds, I played against a lot of pros. Now, we didn't play against um, Jerry West or Wilt Chamberlain, but the D.C. playgrounds, it, it got you prepared for the NBA in a sense because it's very, very tough playgrounds like New York playgrounds back then, the Rutger League and everything else like that. But you know what? I was, I'll be honest, I was just so naive. But they told me when they drafted me, you weren't, I was not going to play a lot because you know, they just said we had just went to the championship. If they lost it um, in the finals, they said we don't really need you right now, but because we have a high draft, we, we just don't have you in a couple of years from now. But I never believed them. I said, oh, I'm going to play. Well, then I got to the NBA. I sat on that bench for really two and a half years. And what, because half a year I was hurt. And so for two and a half years, I didn't get off the bench. And, and then- um, and that brings us to the reason why we wanted you on tonight, because in those two and a half years, uh, the guy that was your teammate was the great Connie Hawkins. Tell us a little bit about your relationship with Connie. Well, Connie would make fun of me every day. <laughs> he, called, he would call me different names every day. He would call me Kermit, Comet, Kahootek. Remember the, the, the comet, comet that went yeah. by? Comet, um, um, germ, worm, bacteria, whatever you could think of. It was something every day. But you know what? He was a nice guy. I mean, really nice guy. And I tell that funny story. Uh, he, he just he just took a liking to me. I just wanted to get off the bench. And the, the one story that I told on Facebook was so funny. I would go to the movies with him, and he wanted to go see The Exorcist. Now, they got movies so much more scarier now. But back in the 70s, early 70s, well, um, or middle 70s, Exorcist was a scary movie. Yeah. So we were in Denver. We went to the movie theater to see the movie The Exorcist, and it scared him so much he wouldn't go to bed. He, he said, Kermit, just stay in the lobby with me all night. And we can see it. I said, no, you got a game tomorrow. I'm probably not going to get in the game, but you're going to get in the game. So I went into my room and, and ran in my room and closed the door, and he kept knocking on my door and scratching on my door and making scary sounds because he was too scared to go in the room by himself because it was a scary move, I admit. But good guy to be around. And the funny thing that I hear all these stories, I have people responding about Connie Hawkins. Yes, his greatest 
days for the ABA and, and the first few years with Phoenix. I think he averaged about 24 points a game. So we never saw the great Connie Hawkins. But the funny thing is he had stickum on his hand. He used oh. stickum every game. Okay. Wow. I did not know that. And, 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 oh, oh, oh. That stops a lot of turnovers, Gil- doesn't it? Arm- Arm- Gil- Artis Gilmore, I think Bob Lanier used it. Um, Pat Rowley used it on my team, and he would hide it. And one time I, I hit his stickum before the game, and he almost had a nervous breakdown. <laughs> he couldn't look around because it made the ball stick to his finger. And Because he liked to do everything with one hand, just like George McGinnis did. And, but he needed, even though he had big hands, back in those days, you know, the floor wasn't always that clean. So he had a lot of dust. And if dust got on the ball, he couldn't grab it as easy. But with the stickum, it didn't make any difference. So he used stickum. I can still visualize the stickum right now. It's the same kind of stickum that um, the Oakland Raiders used to use. What was the Bletnikoff? And, um, and Lester Hayes used to use. Remember all the stickum ahead? But he didn't use that much. You couldn't tell. He would just put it on the tip of his fingers. And he could pick the ball up like a grapefruit and do everything like that. But, hey, you know, wonderful guy, funny guy. Um, but he was very well respected. And, and I wish we had seen him. Because he was the doctor before the right. doctor. Right. Absolutely. And, and, you know, interestingly enough, probably Pat Riley used that stickum later on for his hair. That's right. probably where he got the idea for his hairstyle. No. Um, yeah. The inter- you, you mentioned, and that, that is the perfect, you know, description of him. He was the doctor before right. the doctor. There are so many in our audience that have never seen him play. There really is not a lot yeah. of film because actually he was yeah, already. So, yeah, I mean, tell, tell us what even the ladies, what was his game like that made him so special? Right. Well, not a, he was a great passer. And by see when you can palm the ball in one hand, it may. It's, I gave you a good example. It's a difference from being a four-five sprinter in football to a four-two sprinter. It, you know, it gives you another dimension. You're one level up because you can fake a shot, you can fake a pass, and you know, average person in one hand, the pass is going. But with Connie, he could fake a pass and fool you, and then go for a drive. And he was a good ball handler. Um, he was a decent shooter. But he was a great leaper, and he would jump over you. And you didn't know if he was going to dunk it on you or he would do fancy things with the ball in front of you. But when you can palm the ball, and I bet you this, I bet you can't find two guys on any NBA team that can palm the ball and really control it. Very few can do it. Even though you think they can do it, you have a doctor, you have a few guys that can do it, but not too many guys can do it. But it adds a dimension to you. To your game, and you move a level up. Lastly, what is your favorite memory of the Hawk? Um, I have so many of it. Oh, like, well, okay. Well, let me. I can't on certain ones. I can't tell you. Oh, but, <laughs> okay. Right. You know, We're right. on terrestrial radio, right. not on the internet. <laughs> okay. No, no, I would never do it anywhere. But let's say this: if years ago, we were able to players were able to drink on the plane. And they would get first class and get those little miniature miniature bottles of whatever it is. And so all the guys, because I never drank in my life, and so the stewardesses stopped giving them in first class. We had to sit in the back because we were not starters. And so they would still give me as many miniatures that I would want all the time. So not only Connie, but uh, it was Zelmo Beatty. It was um, uh, all of the guys. Uh, let me see. Um, Connie. Connie liked um, whiskey sours. And he would keep making me get all these whiskey sours for him. And I said, 
And so the stewardess says, boy, you can't really drink it. It doesn't bother you at all. I said, oh, no, it doesn't bother me at all. So they, we, went, we flew from, let me see, we flew from L.A. to Buffalo nonstop to play the Braves. By the time we got there, half of our team was drunk. <laughs> and Connie, and the coach says, we got to go to practice. And Connie says, coach, we half of us are drunk. We can't practice today. Just to hold off till tomorrow. And we all just started busting out laughing. The coach said, okay, we'll just practice tomorrow. It's just so many funny stories with him and, and what he would think of me. And he just thought I was crazy because I always was lifting weights and everything else like that and, and, and everything else like that. But you know what? I, I missed him. It really took my breath away when I, I read that because, you know, he's one of the – I think I've played with 13 Hall of Famers in my career, and, and he was one of the nicest ones. Yeah. Uh, my favorite moment is when he played Paul Simon one-on-one on Saturday Night Live. I'll never forget that. And uh, obviously oh. the, the, the book about him, Foul, um, by a guy who later on became a, a boxing you know, manager. Uh, amazing story in, in there as well. So, Kermit, thank you so much for your time tonight and helping us remember the great Hawk, Connie Hawkins. We really appreciate it. You take care of yourself. Thank you for having me. Our pleasure, Kermit Washington, 10-year NBA career.